latest for Pembrokeshire. There have been six new cases of coronavirus recorded in the Hewell Dart Health Board according to yesterday's figures. The figures showed five new cases in Carmarthenshire, one in Pembrokeshire and zero in Ceredigion. Across Wales, 152 new cases had been confirmed and 18 new suspected COVID-19 deaths were also reported. The total number of cases in Wales is now at 205,038 with 5,403 deaths. The total number of cases across the three counties is now 15,558. That's 10,514 in Carmarthenshire, 3,313 in Pembrokeshire and 1,731 in Ceredigion. There have been 11,013 tests carried out since the last report. Across Wales, 995,059 people have received a first dose of COVID-19 vaccine and 176,050 on the second dose. Within the three counties, there have been 56,714 first doses, that's 4,345 second doses administered in Carmarthenshire, 39,146 first doses, 2,488 second doses in Pembrokeshire, and 21,780 first doses, with 1,348 second doses in Keradigian. Dr. Juri Shankar, Incident Director for the COVID-19 Outbreak Response at Public Health Wales, has said the weekly incidence of COVID-19 infections is now below 50 cases per 100,000 of the population in more than half of the local authorities in Wales, with the overall rate at 46.4 cases per 100,000. This does vary between local authority areas and therefore we remind the public that level 4 restrictions are still in place. Uh, You should stay at home, work from home if you can, wear a face covering where required, wash your hands regularly and stay 2 metres away from anyone you do not live with. We remind everyone that 4 people from 2 different households are now able to meet outdoors for socially distanced local exercise. However, please remember this is solely for the purpose of exercise and that individuals should remain at a social distance and that this guidance doesn't apply to private gardens. The Welsh Government announced that the revised vaccine strategy will mean that every eligible adult in Wales will be offered a first dose by the end of July. In addition, adults with severe or profound learning disabilities and those with any mental illness that causes severe functional impairment will be invited for vaccination as part of the JCVI Priority Group 6 and the Welsh Government has published guidance on identifying eligible individuals in these groups and how to support them to take up their vaccine offers. The Welsh Government also announced an expansion of workplace and community testing, with workplaces with more than 50 employees now eligible for support to regularly test to their workforce, helping to reduce the spread of the virus and allowing them to operate safely. I'm Charlie James, and you're up to date on Pure West Radio. Listen live at purewestradio.com.
Well, a very good evening. Welcome to Pure West Sports. If you are just joining us, we are here with G&G Builders. We are live on the Facebook page. And after 80 days, football is back in Pembrokeshire. Have a West County return to action with a 1-0 win over Cardiff Met on Saturday. Danny Williams' penalty gave them a victory. Wayne Jones' side quickly found their rhythm. We'll talk about that and all that jazz on the show between now and 9 o'clock. Also with us, we've got the former Wales international, Johnny Thomas. He's now the head coach of Worcester. He's live in the next 15 minutes as Wales chase a grand slam. We'll get his views. We've got golfing expert Kim Thomas dishing out more advice and anecdotes and he'll be telling us why he's on his bike this month to raise money for breast cancer charities. That's all on the way on tonight's Pure West Sport live on Facebook. You can get involved. Hashtag Pure West Sport. Still celebrating a last minute winner for Swansea. Fraser Watson, how are you today? Yeah, very good, Ben. Enjoyable weekend, although it was nearly spoiled. So just touching on what that then, we, myself and Bill were interviewing Wayne Jones after the half-worst game when my phone beeped with a gold <laughs> alert that Middlesbrough equalised. By the time we finished, you had beeped again. And as you can see from the picture behind me, the uh, promotion bid is still on track. Well, I had the radio on and I heard that, that Borough had equalised and I thought of you, Fraser. By the time I, I got home from driving back from the shop, they'd scored again, Swansea. So I, I did imagine you celebrating. Uh, Bill Kahn, evening to you. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, I was more concerned on the Bridge Meadow. That was a cracking win. Uh, you know, a really nice game. Fraser would agree, I'm sure. Very open. The referee, Dean John, I thought, officiated well. And it was a hard-fought game. The old cliché game of two halves. The Bluebirds on top first half, struggled the second half, but defended superbly. So it was a nice game to watch, Fraser. One in lovely conditions. And, Ben, let me tell you, for only the second time in the 15 years I'd known him, Mr. Watson actually bought me a cup of coffee and brought it to the ground. <laughs> wow. Gordon Thomas, you paying attention. Look at that. Look at that. Well, uh, Gordon, I'm sure has had a good weekend. Uh, helped by the Manchester derby uh, yesterday, uh, I Gordon. I thought you weren't going to mention it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Had to mention God. it. Had to mention it. Good performance. Brilliant performance, Ben. I, I, I will admit that Manchester City will go on to win the Premier League, but it certainly did. Manchester United a power of good beating uh, the uh, the Derby rivals at the Etihad 2-0. Um, <sighs> uh, Bruno Fernandes with a well-taken penalty in the first couple of just, minutes. And then, just. lo and behold, Luke Shaw ran from his own 18-yard box and drilled it in the bottom corner to wrap up the points and end Manchester City's 21-run record. Yeah. Oh, there was a oh, shame yeah. for Pep Gaiogler. I don't mean to be a grouch, but can I just remind you two boring gentlemen that this is about Pembrokeshire. Who cares about Manchester United? And if you dare mention Tottenham and how great Kane and Gareth Bale, I'm gonna kick I'm gonna do Bishop Brennan on you when I see you next time. This is Pembrokeshire sport. I was just gonna mention uh, fantastic. Let's talk about Tottenham yeah. right now. Fantastic. 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 <laughs> I thought Gareth Bale was outstanding again, wasn't he? And he all of a sudden looks like the old Gareth Bale. There's no doubt about it. And that's good for Wales with the Euros, Fraser, and just around the corner. That's the Absolutely. bit we want to see. And he's not the only one. Daniel James, again, as Gordon will agree, important role for Manchester United in the City game yesterday. So, yeah, things are things are coming into place for Wales at last, aren't they? Joe Allen getting more game time all the time, looking a bit more influential yeah. as well. So, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, no no, yeah. no doubt about it. There's more to life than the Bridge Meadow, Bill. But let's talk about the Bridge Meadow, because that was a, a really good win for Haverford West. It was 80 days since they last played in the in the Cymru Premier League. Uh, Bill, that was a, a good win. Important. I think they did they did get straight in with a victory because they're now not waiting to get the, that first three points after the restart. 
Yeah, Wayne Jones, I, I think, would be uh, very pleased. With, but relieved in a way, Fraser, yeah, that is the first yeah. game back. It's out the way. They were playing a team who play football, they're fast, attractive football. I was impressed, I'm sure Fraser was with their manager as well. When we spoke to him, Christian Edwards, not Christian Richards, God, I got him mixed up with a <laughs> guy from Wigland. Um, you know, he was very fair about it as well. And I thought it was a cracking game of football on a lovely afternoon. Couldn't have been better. Yeah, and the big um, news to, to come out of the club, of course. Let, let's let's talk about the new signing, Jazz Richards. Uh, he was in the, the Wales squad that went to the yeah. Euros in 2016. Fraser, how big a signing is this? Arguably, Ben is probably the most significant signing have made, made in recent years. You know, Lee Trundle arrived, perhaps a bigger name, but by the time Lee Trundle came to the Meadow, I think there was some commercial motivation behind that, and he was gone 40. His best years were well past. This is a completely different kettle of fish now. You're talking Jazz Richards. He's had his injury problems over the years, but up until the end of last season, he was contracted to a championship club in Cardiff City. Experienced with Swansea City before that, had games in the Premiership, played in Euro 2016, you know, we, and was very much a part of that Welsh setup under Cole moment, which achieved such great things. And mm. he's 29 years old. Let's, let's not forget that now. We're not talking a 35 or 36-year-old player who's had terrible injury problems and just wants to go maybe finishing off with a bit of lower league football. We've got a player here who's got a good three or four years of what should be top quality conditioning and football left in him. So it's, it's a very significant statement from Halford West. And the fact that they've only signed until the end of the season is quite interesting because... Um, whether we don't know that the, the financial aspects of this deal or what have you, but it suggests that they are very much want to push for this top six finish. Dwayne Jones <laughs> is very cautious. He's saying with me. You tried, you tried to, to push him, didn't you? Oh, uh, he doesn't crack. He doesn't crack. <laughs> I tried to get him to admit he's after a top six finish. But for me, that signing suggests that there's, there's ambition to have a strong finish this year and to perhaps push even for, for that Europa League qualification mm. spot. Mm. Gordon, it, great to see Richard's signing for Haverford West. There's, there's no doubt about it. And it, it was a good weekend as well to, to start with that win against a, a well-organised Cardiff Met team. Yeah, as I said, they had the break. It was important to get the three points and uh, the boys were there and enjoyed the game. And uh, as Bill said, it was a game of two hours, Haverford West on top in the first half. And Danny scored from the spot just before the break, which was great. And then the second half, it was uh, all pumps to the wind. And they um, actually kept the Cardiff Met at bay and secured the three points. So it's massive because they, they moved up to six, if I'm right, as well. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. playing tomorrow tomorrow evening um, at Park Avenue against Aberdeenshire yes. Town, who are actually bottom of the table. Potential banana skin slip there, I can see. But Wayne will have his boys firing tomorrow. Hopefully come away from from there with another three points and then face TNS on Saturday at home. So, TNS yeah, who drew with Barla, didn't they? Down in yeah, the bridge, yeah they're optimistic, as uh, Fraser just said, to try and get into those European spots come the end of the season. And an extra dimension now to this TNS game, isn't it? Is it's quite ironic that the Jazz Richards youth wasn't even the biggest to come out of the Welsh Premier of the weekend. <laughs> Scott Rusko, who, who led TNS to the title in 2018-2019. Bizarre circumstances, really. Like, like Halford West, they hadn't played since December the 19th, 77 games. They come back, they draw nil-nil, um, they remain top of the league and the next day Rusko's gone. 
<laughs> with immediate effect yeah. and no explanation. So it's going to be a very interesting yeah. weekend coming up. And of course, Haven for West actually gave a really good account of themselves when they went to TNS earlier on in the oh, season, yeah. didn't they? They, they lost 3 2 and pushed them pretty hard. Just interested on, on, on Jazz Richards, and, and you mentioned Lee Trundle's name there, and a phenomenal goal scorer at every level he's played at. Uh, Bill, Fraser, and Gordon, let, let, where would you where would you rank Jazz Richards in terms of players that have played for Haverford West over the years? I think Fraser makes a, a salient point that he's only 29. He's not coming at the at the end of his career. He's still got plenty of football left in him. Where, where would you three say he, he would rank in terms of players that have joined Haverford West over the years? Bill, Bill, take us away. Well, I'm intrigued because, as Fraser says, he's still relatively young. I had heard originally that he was looking to go abroad. <laughs> now... You know, he's come to the Bridge Meadow. I hope he'll be a huge success there. I mean, in the past, Gordon and I will remember, Fraser's a bit young for that, that they had people who were brilliant players like Ivor Allchurch, God, yeah? Yeah. Mel Charles. People yeah. came there, but that was at the end of their days. And there was a mm. suspicion sometimes they were there just to have a few bob before they drifted off into yeah. retirement. But this is different. This is someone who has obviously got a pedigree. He's played 14 times for Wales, but he can't be yeah. anything. No. But if he can stay clear of injury, because that seems to have been his issue some places, if he can stay, stay clear of that, from what I can understand, he played full-back for Wales, he played full-back for his other clubs. They're hoping he'll be playing in midfield. And if you look at that with his experience, yeah. he's obviously got pace and ball control. He could be making a huge difference. Uh, the Welsh folk, Wait and see is Gowney Weld, so I'd say you Gowney Weld. Yeah. Well, Gordon, what about you? In terms of, of players you've seen, Bill's put some names in there. Where where would you who would you reflect on as being some of the best players you've seen play at the Bridge Meadow? Well, uh, Bill touched on it. I was lucky enough to see Ivor Altrish play there. I mean, he was the most capped Welsh player at that particular mm. time. But I, but as Bill stated, he was at the end of his career. He was, he was inevitably the best player on the pitch then, mind to be fair. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Half has always had a, a had Welsh internationals of some reputation playing through different generations. Started off with Derek Tapscott, who played for Arsenal uh, in the 50s. He played for Arthur West County. Then you come with the Old Chase brothers, Len and Ivor both played there. Uh, and then John Charles's brother, Mel, who uh, Bill just said. And there was also the character of Ronnie Reese, if you remember yeah. him as well, Bill. Yeah. He used to swear every other word when he was on the park, you know. Yeah. But yeah, this this is a good signing. It's a player who still should have a good few years left in him as well. But we'll have to see how this all pans out. It's 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 great. It'll be good experience uh, for the boys. He bring a professional attitude to the the camp, which will help Wayne as well. He get the right attitude. And as I say, they're going to push hard for a top six place. Hopefully, that's what the plan is. I think. Yeah, indeed, Fraser. I do wonder, because a few question marks have been raised about this, given the age of Jazz Richards, and understandably so, to drop from the Championship to the Welsh Premier League, you know, and I'm not trying to criticise the standard of the Welsh Premier League, but it's no. a significant fall. And um, I, I, do th- I would be surprised if this was a long-term thing. You know, I, I can't believe that at that age that, that Chaz Richards would be stepping out of professional football and we've still probably got a lot to offer. So you know, my hunch would be, and I may be wrong, my hunch would be that he is perhaps had a few problems with injuries, as Bill has just touched upon. He hasn't had the game time he wanted. He didn't have it at Swansea, Fulham or Cardiff, really. Um, and, and he's been out of the Welsh Shepherd for a significant time. Now, he may be just looking for some football, you know, in midfield. It's a deal at the moment until the end of the season. He's got a few weeks to get that under his belt and then look 
to be in some kind of shape mm. for a move in the summer. That that would be my but hunch. But that would meantime, probably that would probably suit both part both parties. They of course it. it would. Of course it would. Yeah. And it's quite interesting. He is going to come into midfield as well. And and on Saturday, you could clearly see he was already integrated with Halford West. Wayne Jones said afterwards he'd been training. You looked at him on the stand. Mm. He's actually shouting instructions to players. He was addressing them by nicknames on and by first team terms. So he's obviously been very much part of things going on. And and it's going to be very interesting to see the class he brings. Yeah. And. It can only help the Welsh Premier as well in terms of profile. I mean, we've got yeah. rumours as well now about Joe Ledley, haven't we signing for Cardiff Met and, and, and things like that? And and if those players do come to the league, in that sense, it's only going to help attract viewers and attract yeah. interest in it. And that has to be good yeah. for the level. I think that's great. I, I think you're, you're completely right there. The, the fact that yeah. Jazz has, has joined Hampton West is, is really increased that interest going to this restart and, and going to Abba tomorrow and TNS. There'll be yeah. people following to see see how he gets on. So let's let's see how this goes. Yeah, uh, apparently Ben's big pals with Scott Tankoff who had an outstanding him at the back for mm. the, the Bluebirds on Saturday who used to play for Swansea City so you know Fraser's right with that he's got a yeah, he's been made very welcome. Some of the players are in quite in awe of him. Wayne Jones was telling us, so it it bodes well. Let's hope it fulfills that potential. Okay, well, look, good luck. Have for West at Abba tomorrow, and then TNS at home on Saturday. Uh, we will take a moment. Coming next, uh, we are going to talk to someone who has played sixty-seven times for Wales. Jonathan Thomas is from Hundleton. He's the new head coach of Worcester, and he's with us on the show in just a few moments time any questions for johnny you can leave them on the facebook page and you can get involved hashtag pure west sport for a monday evening right here on pure west radio hi i'm ben stone and you can join me on the weekly pure west sports show with g and g builders all the latest sports news from around the county is featured every Saturday morning between 8 and 9 with a preview of what's to come ready for match day. Then we kick off every Monday night between 7 and 9 with my award-winning pal from PembrokeshireSport.co.uk, Bill Kahn, who teams up with Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas for the second half with the latest news, views, guests and gossip. Pure West Sport, proudly sponsored by G&G Builders, a Pembrokeshire-based company who've been in business for 30 years. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. <laughs> Witness the evil power of Bedhead. No! My hair! Won't anyone help me? Stop right there, Bedhead. Your reign of hair-meddling terror is over. Freestyle, my old nemesis. You can't stop me, boyo. Guess again. Eat laser. No! I'll get you next time, freestyle. Oh, thank you. No problem. When it comes to bedhead, you just got a freestyle. For wicked trims, call Freestyle Barbers, Portfield Haverford West on 07827445589. During lockdown, you might have been doing more exercise. Probably more eating. You've definitely been doing more listening. So now as more shops are reopening, it's time to treat yourself and revamp your radio. You'll discover brand new stations, more music, talk, news and entertainment. It's as easy as upgrading to a DAB digital radio available online and in-store. From John Lewis, Curry's and Argos. Look for the tick on approved products. It means the radio includes DAB and DAB+. Find out more, including which stores are reopening where and when, at getdigitalradio.com. 
Love Radio. Go digital. 15% off day tickets when bought in advance through the website. Check. Great value annual passes to ensure the fun lasts all year. Check. Award-winning zoo containing over 750 animals. Check. Jolly Barn where you can get up close to your farmyard favourites. Check. Large indoor vintage fairground. Check. A guaranteed fun family day out. Check, check and check. So what are you waiting for? Check out Folly Farm today. Zoo. Barn. Fairground. Play. Pick your own adventure at Folly Farm. Unlike some other stations, we broadcast from Pembrokeshire to Pembrokeshire. This is Pure West Radio. I don't know why I can't quite get you out my sight. You're always just behind. This thought across my mind.
Well, it's Pure West Radio for a Monday evening. Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Uh, show off and running. Do give us your comments, as always, on the Facebook page. And you can use the hashtag Pure West Sport to get involved this evening on the show. Well done to have for West County, by the way, on that 1-0 victory. Leave us your comments. We'll read some of those out before the end of the show. But we are going to talk to someone now who has represented Wales 67 times in his career and he's now the head coach of Worcester Bill Kahn it's someone uh, we've spoken to over the years quite a few times isn't it yes Jonathan Thomas he's now the head coach at Worcester I'm delighted for him there I've known him since he was a young boy playing for a cracking cricket team called Stackpole and throughout his time he's always had time to talk to us Look at that picture in there. He looks as if he's just come out of Alcatraz, doesn't he? We, we should say, it's yeah. Lovely to, it's lovely to have you on the show. <laughs> Can I just ask first the Warriors, another narrow defeat on the weekend, mate. How do you feel about that? Oh, disappointed, obviously. Um, the boys are working really hard. There's been uh, there's been a lot of change at Worcester in the last six months. Just ask first the um, we can, we can hear you. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, the boys are working really hard. I think the club's in a period of transition, and um, and at the moment, what we're doing, what we're the boys are just lacking a little bit of confidence. Every game, we're competitive, and I suppose probably a similar story to if you think back to Wales in the autumn. Wales were struggling, weren't they? Lacked a bit of confidence, and then just what a difference a couple of wins makes. Obviously, in the Six Nations, and um, that's probably the the narrative for us at the moment. Uh, boys are working hard. We've got a lot of young players that we're developing. We made some really good signings for next season. So next season will be, um, I think, we'll be a lot stronger next season. But um, but yeah, we listen. The beauty of the Premiership is we we were second from bottom going into that game, playing Bristol at top. And there's nothing between the two teams really that shows how how tough the league is. Uh, how are you making the transition, um, Johnny? As well, it's your your first head coach role. How have yeah. you found it? Just just day to day. What's it been like taking that first position? No, loving it, loving it. Uh, I think when when I decided to leave Bristol and, and join Worcester, um, I'd made sure um, I did my due diligence and and asked a lot of people, you know, and I knew that it was a big project, so I knew what I was walking into, um, and it was obviously a big call to make. But I think. When you understand, I understand the club and I and I felt that I could make a difference because I, I felt that I knew what the issues were. And I think the big thing, it's not just about, it's not just about one person. Uh, it's about having a team of people. And, um, uh, Mark Jones has joined me from, uh, you know, obviously the former mm-hmm. Welsh winger, Mark Jones, who was coaching out at the, uh, the Crusaders. He's been brilliant since coming in. Mark Irish, who is the scrum coach at Bristol with me. Uh, Matt Sherritt, who was the former Cardiff Blues and Ospreys backs coach. So we've got I've got a really good coaching team. So that's important to me to have the right team of people. Um, and then probably the second part is well, it's, there's two other parts actually. It's the conditioning of the team. Um, I think that's probably one of the things that sometimes supporters or people from the outside looking in probably don't um, probably don't understand how important that is because. It doesn't matter. I often say this: like it doesn't matter. You get Eddie Jones to come in and coach Worcester if the team aren't conditioned in the right way. Then it doesn't matter who's coaching. The team have to be really. And I think you look at someone like Warren Gatland. The secret, one of the secrets to Warren Gatland's success is uh, obviously he's a good coach, but he makes sure like the his first appointment is the uh, is the conditioner to get the team as fit as they possibly can be. So 
I think when 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 we went in as coaches, um, there's a lot of work to do on the conditioning of the team. Um, that's something that doesn't change overnight. Uh, and, and unfortunately, since we've gone in, we haven't had a we haven't had a preseason because when we started, obviously we had to play all those extra games in the summer. Um, but that's the players are definitely getting better and they're getting they were getting more powerful. Um, and then the, probably the last thing is the recruitment. You have to be smart with recruitment, and we've got a really large squad at Worcester at the moment. So what we're trying to do is uh, it's a long story, but the salary cap's being redu- reduced for all teams in the Premiership. So it's really important that you've got quality over quantity. So we're just there's going to be a little bit of a, a clean out in the summer, uh, and we've made some really good. We've got really good young players at Worcester. So what we've done is we've signed some really good, experienced old heads like uh, Willie Hines. We've we've signed from Gloucester. Mm-hmm. Duan van der Merwe, the the winger that scored the winning try for Scotland against England. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we've signed. Um, uh, Scott Baldwin, obviously the the Welsh hooker from Quinn. So yeah. we've made some quite astute signings that will really help our, our young players. So I think when when you when you weigh it all up, obviously um, probably what you're not seeing at the moment is the results on the field. But I'm really confident because I went through all of this at Bristol. I'm really confident over the next twelve months you'll see a very different looking looking Warriors team. That's good to hear, Bill. Yeah, Jonathan, the last thing quickly with this. I mean, you're not one to admit defeat or to use excuses, but you must be pleased that you do at least have a bit of breathing space because you're going to stay up regardless. And it gives you, it's given you the chance to look at the strengths and weaknesses, assess those and move on now, yeah? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very, very handy when you know, because I think we've, what Worcester have been for the last three or four years They've been the most represented club at England under 20s age group. So what that shows is we've got, you know, we've got between the age of 18 and sort of 24, we've just got this crop of of young players, which is really, really strong and really exciting. But what's happened in the past is because of the pressure of relegation, you don't always get the opportunity to play those players because uh, maybe coaches have gone by, you know, you know, <laughs> there's pressure there. And under pressure, you make short-term decisions, don't you, sometimes, because it's about survival. So what this has enabled us to do, the ring fencing, is to make long-term decisions, which is probably the first time the club have ever done that. Made some really good long-term decisions around growing players, exposing them. And again, this is what we use in these next, this time now in the next few months is all those young players. We, you know, There's a young hooker we played on the weekend, Beck Cutting, it was his first start. Two young locks we're playing, Andrew Kitchener, Justin Clegg, young 10, Jamie Shulcock. Um, so right through the spine of our team, uh, I think I think of our starting 15, nine of them have, have come through the academy. Wow. So I think what that shows is um, there's real potential there. But what those young players need, they need good, good role models. So that's hence the signing of some of those more senior players for next season. But no, it's bloody helpful to have the, uh, the ring fencing for sure. Fraser. Johan, just to come away from the club side for a moment, no doubt that you're closely watching the Six Nations and the Wales situation. I know you just touched on Wayne Key back there. Um, yeah. You know from 2008, and in particular 2005, what it's like after just a couple of three wins and all of a sudden expectations levels change and everyone from you know the butcher to the cleaner, then they stop in Wales, starts talking about yeah. a potential grand slam. For these yeah. players now and from your experience, how difficult is it to keep focus, you know, when all of a sudden 
you realize that you're on the crest of something like this, particularly in 2005 when you waited so long and the whole nation was almost in frenzy, wasn't it? Two or three wins in. And, and even now we've got everyone mapping out wins in Rome and Paris. How is it difficult is it to take it game by game and without letting your eyes and your minds wander, so to speak? Um, this might sound really strange, but um, it actually gets easier because I think the, the real pressure the real uh, with the Six Nations is that first game. And that first game, uh, you know, if you lose that first game, uh, you know that, you know, the, the Grand Slam's gone of first and foremost, but then, you know, pressure's building because it's such a, it's such a, uh, an attritional competition is such a difficult competition that you know the pressure the pressure starts from from day one if you don't win whereas when you do win obviously it gives you that little bit of momentum and the, that little bit of confidence that we all need you know sport at that level is about the top two inches and um and that's what it gives you so like it going back to 2005 like you mentioned that we didn't as the as the thing went on and we go into game three game four Probably reflecting on it, we should have been, you know, feeling the weight of history against us, you know, in, mm. in terms of it's been so long. It was actually the opposite. It was just this like sort of crest of a wave where the momentum, and we just got more and more confident. And you almost, you almost have this sort of suit of armor around you where you think, you know, we're we're indestructible now. We're not going to be beaten. And I think that's what that's what this, the format of the Six Nation does to you. Probably it's different when you when you play in the league and, and, you know, when you go back to your clubs and it's more of a league format, but when you go game by game like this in the six nations and you know, especially when you're still on for the grand slam, um, it just, so what they'll be feeling in camp now is just real excitement. Um, the team spirit will be fantastic. And, uh, I, I think they'll be super hugely, hugely confident. And then what happens with those sort of players is, you know, it's all about positive self-talk really. That's what sport's about. And when, you, when you're in the moment, in those big games, it's your positive self-talk and your confidence and your belief in those big moments. And, that, and they'll have huge belief with, you know, once you beat a team like England and obviously going away up to Scotland and winning in the way they did and, and beating Ireland at home, that is giving them a huge amount of belief now. So when they go and play Italy or the French, um, they'll, they'll be, honestly, they'll be flying. So I'm, I think... And you can't underestimate. I know we all like to pick the belt of the bones out of the technical and uh, and tactical side of the game, but the confidence of that level is really is 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 the difference. Mm. Gordon, uh, hi John. Good evening, mate. It's nice to talk hi. to you again. Hi, uh, hi Gordon. Just want to touch. Hi, I just want to touch back to uh, when you started out and your first international cap in two thousand and three. And also, you, you won two Grand Slams in 2005 to 2008. But what was your biggest highlight playing through your very, very successful career? Um, uh, I, it's always, it's, I hate to say, because it's all like every player says the same thing, but it's definitely the first cap. Yeah. Because your first cap, I was trying to build about this um, a few, a couple of months ago. The, and the reason why it's your first cap is because, it, I suppose it's it's the culmination of everything you've dreamt of from the age of probably five years old, isn't it? You know, you first start watching watching Wales play five, six years old on the TV. And then you go, you know, you start with Pembroke Mini Rugby at seven. And you all, when you, yeah, I suppose you all start out on a journey when you're that age. And we're all on the same journey, aren't we? When we're seven, we all, 
you know, we all put on our kit, put our boots on, and we all dream of playing for our country. So I suppose, and then as you go through and you, you go through the age groups and then you have a little bit of taste of playing for Wales under-16s, that like, it almost becomes a bit more, it goes from being a dream to becoming almost a bit more tangible then. And then um, when you actually achieve it, really is it's, it's the culmination of an awful lot of hard work of sort of 10 years of hard work, but also 10, 15 years of, you know, going to bed at night and dreaming of one day pulling on that jersey. So I think that's why it's such an unbelievable feeling pulling. And I think I read, um, I read George North, George North saying something that um, he just dreamt of pulling on the jersey once. And he said, you know, to put it on a hundred times was phenomenal. And I think that's that's the feeling that we all feel is just to pull it on once is um, is all you need, isn't it? So, so then that when you when you have that moment, and the thing that I was laughing about to Bill, it wouldn't happen these days. But <laughs> back back then, back then, obviously there wasn't. We, there was mobile phones were coming out when they, but we know no one really. They were all the the big bricks. Weren't they? So I think Bill's still got one that looks like that. How people communicated back then. So I remember I went to training with Wales, we were obviously out in Australia, and I came back to the room. I had about 100, 150 faxes that people had faxed the hotel, and most of them were people from Pembrokeshire saying because the team, the team had just been announced. Wow. The team had just been announced, and um, I still, to this day, have no idea how people knew what the facts <laughs> and what hotel we were staying in. But I assume it's like, I assume they got in contact with the WRU and then the WRU forwarded them on to the hotel, you know. Wow. But, so I had all these faxes from well-wishers, from mostly Pub and Pembrokeshire. So, yeah, phenomenal memory. But um, there's obviously, the, you know, the Grand Slams and all those things are amazing. And, and also some, I, I love playing the Derby games. I've got to be honest, they're, they're real highs. Osprey, Scarlet's Derby games were brilliant. But the first cap, you can't beat it. Yeah. Bill? Yeah, Jonathan, can I ask you, I'd love to talk to you about your time in Pembroke and your cricket and things like that, but time is running on. We're in the middle of this Six Nations uh, competition now. Wales have had a brilliant start. You know I rate you as a pundit, so come on in. <laughs> You've mentioned it briefly, but let's have a breakdown now then. Where have we played really well so far? What luck have we had? And what's the prospects of a, a grandson? Come on, I'll really be honest about it. Yeah, I will be honest. Um, I think so. Um, I think what they've done well, where Pivak's been smart, is he experimented a bit in the autumn, didn't he, with some of the younger players. And then he's realised, oh, hang on a minute now, I've got yeah. a, <laughs> my job's on the line here. So what he's done is he's gone back to experience. He's, he's purely experienced that has, uh, has got them back on track. And I think probably there's been a little bit of a shift in the sense that when Wayne Pivak and, and Stephen Jones came in, the, there was this, um, this, this sort of mindset that, well, we're going to all of a sudden now we're going to play some, some attacking rugby. And it's going to be very different to the way Gatland was coaching. And I think they tried to do that. But the problem with coaching inter international level is you're not, you, haven't got the, you haven't got time sometimes. Because attack, it's a lot easier to instill. It's a lot easier to be a competitive team with a great defence because um, that takes a lot shorter time to instill. Whereas attack, it takes a lot of time and confidence and, and coaching hours to, to grow your attack. So I think that's probably what they're up against. It. Um, and I'm mm. sure as they go through to the next World Cup, they will keep, will continue to, so you'll probably see Wales' attack get better 
over the next couple of years. But what they've done is gone back to basics and gone, right, uh, we're going to, you know, what has this t- the DNA of this team been over the last few years? It's been really good defence, being really competitive, a solid kicking game. And, and they've been more pragmatic with experienced players, really. And that's all it's been. So um, um, when you play like that, you know, it might not be flashy, but you, you're really difficult to beat, you know, mm. and, and that's what they've been. And then you've, they've had a bit of luck as well, which is always useful mm. um, with uh, the red cards partic- and stuff. But, particularly but, against England, Johnny, let's, let's be honest. No luck there, John. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, is, um, you definitely know you. you I should, yeah, I, don't, I think as coaches, you never like to admit that luck is involved, but it's definitely an element of fortune or good fortune that you get sometimes. But to answer your question, Bill, uh, do, I think I generally think we can win it, right? I definitely think we'll beat Italy. Yeah. Um, the big one, I tell you, big one is the French because I would say you know that everything I mentioned earlier about momentum and mm. uh, you almost you've got that suit of armor yeah. around you and you feel indestructible. I think we'll feel like that, but I think the French are feeling like that as well um, because the Sean Edwards effect going in there mm-hmm. and um, they they probably, so, and you've got to say home advantage for the French uh, probably would make them the favourite. So uh, will we beat Italy? Yes, I think we will. I think it's a big, it, the dynamic has changed for the French now because they've got to go up to Scotland, haven't they? Um, they've got to play Scotland the week after that last game. So that yeah. obviously becomes tough for tough for the French, but um, I, yeah. I generally th- I generally think we will win it. Yeah, I do. And there we go. I do. I, that's, I generally that's... think we'll win it. Okay, we'll, we'll make we'll make a note. Fraser, yeah, yeah, you're going to come just, in. I will, John. Just one thing you mentioned there just then about Derby's being one of the highlights. Chris, that that stint you had at the Ospreys, and particularly under Sean Holly, you know, perhaps the greatest Osprey side or one of the greatest regional sides we've had assembled since Rugby went regional and you won four league titles when you were there and Anglo-Welsh Cup as well looking back on those days and I don't want to put any kind of negative tint on what was a great year if you join was there a tinge of regret not just from you as a group but a team that I believe was equipped to win the European Cup never quite made it was there was agonising quarterfinals against Saracens and Beeritz and so on did you look yeah. back at that with any kind of longing regret Johnny because I know Sean Hardy spoke about it recently and he says yeah. that that's the one that's the one downside to what was otherwise a golden era really yeah we're without a shadow of a doubt and I think um, this is the tough thing as a sportsman and I'm sure you guys would be would be similar like unfortunately we tend to dwell on the on the failures sometimes more than the the success you you know you go through a career and you've had a few you win a few things but it's always the ones that you lose uh, yeah. the ones that get you sometimes yeah. and i think i think it's a little bit i was watching a documentary about steven gerrard uh, a little while ago mm. and he's what an unbelievable career he's had probably the, one of the greatest midfielders liverpool have ever had and you know phenomenal captain and then obviously they won that 2005 european cup in istanbul so phenomenal career, but the the real narrative, uh, watching his documentary of, of his of his career was, you know, it was just the fact they didn't win the league, still, you know, really yeah. uh, weighed heavily with him, and I yeah. think I think that's the way sometimes because the reason the reason elite performers or players get to the top level is because they're very driven, very goal driven, and um, you want to be the best and want to achieve, so. Uh, when you fail, you know that that weighs on you. And I think 
I don't lose sleep over the fact that we didn't win the European Cup, but oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely um, is a regret, a major regret that we didn't we didn't win. We should have, we could have, should have won it. Um, what I would say, what I would say though is, I actually think I've said this quite a lot before. I think the European Cup is harder to win than the Six Nations. Um, it's definitely a mm-hmm. tougher competition to win. So, so be harder to win a, 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 a European mm-hmm. Cup than a than yeah. a Grand Slam, because because you look at the pool stages to even come out of your pool in the in the Champions Cup is tough. You have to usually go away to France and win. Um, and then it's all about having a home quarter final. And if you can have a home quarter final, you've got a great chance. But you know, you look at the uh, every blinking quarter final we had was away to Saris, away to the Ritz, away to away to Munster. And then and then it's all about it's all about finals rugby. And on the day, then you know anything can happen. But I think what I would also say is there's a lot of really good teams that uh, equally as good a teams as us or as we were back then, that haven't won it. You look at a team like Clermont. Clermont have been a star-studded team over the last 10 years and still haven't managed to win the win the Champions Cup. You know, there's, there's some really good teams out there that, that mm. haven't managed to win it, you know? Mm. Um, which, which says, I think, probably shows how uh, how tough it is too. But yeah, we, we had a great side and we, we, we should have won it. We should have won the thing. And yeah, it is. That does pee me off I've got to be honest <laughs> well Johnny listen it's an absolute pleasure to, to have you on and there's clearly a lot of love for you still in Pembrokeshire uh, Ken Davis JT top pen, PEMS man a true example for all young sports people uh, Gordon are you going to have the final question for, for very Johnny? quickly John yeah, I know you're on. very driven we can tell by the way you're talking there you're very passionate you're now on your coaching journey you had a brilliant players <laughs> journey I'm yeah. just going to quickly say if ever the Welsh say. job came it, up I mean, the Wales job as a head coach, we could do with a Welsh. Would you be interested in it if you were offered it? Well, I, I would only accept it on the terms that I could have my own my own staff, right? And that, and I'd have Bill Khan as team manager. <laughs> um, as, uh, Gordon Thomas as, as head conditioner. Um, as long as I had you two involved, then I'd, then I'd accept the job. Yeah, okay. Me, Fraser and I will do we'll do water carrying, won't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need we need we need a massage, we need a massage. <laughs> we need we need a water carrying. I'll, I'll do your media work, yeah. 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 Ever, John, you ducked and dived the question. Well Rehydration done, specialist. No, I'd, 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 I'd love to I'd love I'd love to coach Wales. I really would. I'd love to coach Wales one day. Um I think the big thing for me. I don't think it's a job. Uh, my personal view on international thing is you can't be learning on the job. So I think, um, you know, hence why, you know, a lot of successful international coaches of like Yeti Jones, Gatlin's and all that, they, you know, they tend to be in their fifties or whatever. I think it's, I think you need to cut your teeth at club level, uh, learn your trade. And, and then you only accept that role when you think you've got a blueprint for success. Um, so I, yeah, I, I would love to, I would love to coach Wales, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do it if I if I didn't feel ready. Um, it's probably something that would come later if if it ever came. Well, you better take it shortly because Bill and I won't be here myself. Yeah. <laughs> Bill's itching to go now, Johnny. There's no doubt about it. Well, hey, listen, the, can you imagine? The last, the last Johnny's only thirty-eight now. Time he gets to fifty, God. Seventy-four I'd be next week, bus, Johnny. Bus, I'd be having my bus pass. 
When I when I saw you in Ponte Abram Services, Bill, you were looking you were looking sharp. You were looking lean, and you, <laughs> you've got plenty of years left in you. <laughs> He's you've doing always, well. You've always been my number one, Thomas. Johnny, listen, uh, thank you for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you're, you, you're welcome yeah, anytime. Thank you, Johnny. You made a good start at Worcester. Good good luck for the for the remaining months of the season. Thank you for your time this hey, evening. Great, I could I could chat all night. It's nice to I've been living in I've been living in England now since 2013, so it's nice to hear some Pembrokeshire voices. <laughs> <laughs> good. To to speak to you Johnny Thomas with us on Pure West Radio we will take a moment cheers guys cheers we'll be back cheers guys we're back in just a few moments time just coming up to 10 to 9 on Pure West Radio do you dream of being out on the road taking in the sights and sounds of Pembrokeshire thanks to Fast Track Driving School I'm free to venture around the county and now it's your turn Fast Track is a triple award winning driving school covering Pembrokeshire Carmarthen Cardigan and Llanelli if you fancy a change of career in 2021 they are also instructor trainers they even run driving lessons for those as young as 14. Want to learn something new in the new year? Fast Track it. On Facebook at Fast Track Driving School or call on 0333 772 0801. See you on the road. Over 5 million homes are at risk of flooding, yet many people don't realise they're in danger. Even if you've never been flooded before, it can happen to you. Protect your family and home. Prepare, act, survive. Prepare a bag including medicines and insurance documents. Act by moving important items upstairs or as high as possible. Survive by listening to emergency services. Search what to do in a flood and sign up to flood warnings on gov.uk. There's so much to discover this year at Folly Farm. And with a great value annual pass, you get 12 whole months of family-friendly fun. (laughs) Now you only have to visit more than twice in the year to start saving. How's that for value? You can also save 15% off standard day tickets when bought in advance online. Check out www.folly-farm.co.uk for more details. Zoo, barn, fairground, play. Pick your own adventure at Folly Farm. At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured. We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years. We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring. We provide full end-to-end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring. Well, welcome back. If you are just joining us, you're very, very welcome to the show tonight. This is Pure West Radio. It's Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Fantastic to talk to Johnny Thomas, 67 Wales caps and, and just brilliant to speak to about rugby. Uh, Bill, you've known him a long time, haven't you? Um, yeah. He comes across so well, doesn't he, talking about the game and he's so passionate about it. He's a very nice guy, but he's a hard guy on the pitch. Gordon will tell you that. And he's a hard man with regard to what's going to go ahead now. In Worcester, you hear him saying there about heads will have to roll, they've got to bring in new blood. And Johnny will do that. But as Gordon will confirm, he's a gentleman. He loves coming on the show. He'll come on anytime we want him. Well, that's a bonus, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and I have to say, uh, he, he answered two questions very well. One, he thinks Wales, I think, will do the Grand Slam phrase. I think that was there, wasn't it? I think I, heard I think him that say was that. The, the assumption, yeah. Yeah, uh, and... He confirmed to Gordon that he'd quite like to be the Welsh coach at some point, which is a, a question Gordon's been uh, hinting at for, for a few <laughs> weeks now. Say, 
Bill saying there, heads will roll. He once cleared me out on a ruck and I literally did roll. <laughs> <laughs> when was that, phrase? It Quite, quite far. Yeah, <laughs> I was only okay. a young, innocent young scrubbaff at the time. Well, listen, that video will stay on the Pure West Radio Facebook page so you can leave your comments for Johnny. Uh, with us right now is our resident golfing expert, but he's also uh, taking to the bike this March to raise money for breast cancer charities. It's Kim Thomas. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm fine, Ben. How are you doing? Hello, lads. Hello, evening. Listen, we, we spoke, him on Saturday morning about the uh, 300 kilometres you're looking to cycle in March. Uh, how has it gone over the weekend? And, and just for, for Gordon, Bill and Fraser, just give us a bit of the background as to why you're doing this. Uh, well, lads, my mum died of breast cancer when I was 14, a uh, long time ago now, and I've always supported charities to do with breast cancer. Um, she was misdiagnosed and treated too late, and thank goodness things have changed a lot since then, but obviously it's still close to my heart, and I thought this 300k sounds doable. <laughs> I'm not so sure now, but I'm, I'm, I've got the thighs like Bryson DeChambeau's arms at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it's dear to me, and it's important. Tell us where you've been today, uh, Kim. Have you been out out, out today? Because I actually saw on, on Facebook, f- following some of your uh, routes you've been taking, and it, lovely down in Saundersfoot Harbour. Where, where have you been out today? Um, closer to home today, Templeton Airfield is a good sort of haunt of mine because it's off-road and you can get around that and cross all the paths uh, as much as you like. And it feels off-road, so it's good fun. So I did about 11k today and stopped along the way, did a little video, and uh, I'm 96k now. I'm just about to burst slowly through the 100k barrier tomorrow so wow. yeah, it's going well i mean you know i'm 68 years of age i haven't ridden a bike for 50 odd years and it's great i, I really love it i'm seeing the county as well can you imagine it's great and that's the thing isn't it and gordon you'll you know as well and, and fraser and bill you, you, we all like to get out and about the, the county but doing it on a bike gordon is, is a really good way of actually appreciating pembrokeshire isn't it Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so picturesque around temperature as well, Tim, isn't it? But uh, oh. I'm just wor- worrying about your body and your buttocks. How are they doing, mate? <laughs> That's a very personal question. Well, <laughs> um, my lips are twitching. Should we say something like that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've done well. Fraser and I have done long distance runs, and that's that's a problem there as well. Uh, Rob says, "Amazing, Katie, keep it going." Do you just want to quickly tell us how people can support you, Kim, with, with fundraising? Yeah, you just go on to the Breast Cancer Now uh, 300K Cycle, or Cycle 300K, sorry, on the Facebook page, and then you will find my page if you link to it. If you have any problem, just message me through through uh, POS Radio, and I'll send a direct link so you can just go straight to it. I'm on 546 quid. I'm trying to raise a grand. It's a new new goal I've just set um, by the end of March. It's doable, I think. Uh, you just need to get out there and get people to donate a, a pound or a five or whatever they feel like, you know? It's a great cause. Yeah, it certainly is. Excellent stuff. And, and we'll certainly follow your progress on the show. Let's talk golf right now, though. Fraser. Yeah, Kim, I mean, I'm just trying to get this image on my head. You're just putting a Bryson DeChambeau on a, on a cycling bike, actually. Yeah. But um, that, that aside, we've got obviously the Masters coming up soon, haven't we? Um, we've spoken about a few golfing greats. There's one one thing we haven't spoken about. is one of our own, Ian Woosnam, who, of course, was Masters champion in 91. Now, you look about Woozy now, he has this reputation, doesn't he? A bit of a, a Jack the Lad, so to speak. We all remember the celebrations when he captained Europe at the K Club in 2006, which, which was legendary as the final score, I think. But... Um, I want to ask a serious question about Woozy Kim because you'll see in 1987 he was diagnosed with a type of spondylitis, which obviously affects the joints of the spine, and yet still went on to have a successful career, playing rugby clubs, win the Masters. Just, just speak about how difficult that must have been for a golfer at the top level to, to battle on with that condition. 
in, in a game which invariably puts so much stress on that area of the body. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've suffered with a bad back for years. I mean, I'm a very different sort of frame size to Woody, much shorter than I am. Uh, and in, in a way, I wouldn't say it's easier for him, but when you're a short man playing golf, you swing in a fairly flat plane. So you don't get so much of the arched back going on in, in the golf swing. Um, so that helped him to cope with it. But my goodness, he did really well to cope with that. And it was a serious problem at the time. And you think how long he's lasted and he's still playing golf now. And you know, he's a great guy. He is an ordinary guy deep down. Uh, he likes a pint. He loves his snooker. Um, and, you know, well, I've met, I've met him several times now and we know each other pretty well. So... Uh, I can tell you a story about how we uh, met at the Forest of Arden, if you if you want to... Uh, Go on, Kim, yeah. I was the head pro at the Forest of Arden. We had the... It was either the British Masters or the uh, English Open, one of the two, about 1997 or 98. So I'm in the golf shop, the tournament's on, people everywhere. In walks a guy, a young fellow with a briefcase. He says, oh, my friend's having a bit of a problem with his swing, my client. Any chance of coming and have a look? I said, yeah, where is he? He's always on the practice ground. So off I trot. It's Ian Woosnam on the practice ground having trouble with his swing. So here am I teaching, well, coaching, if you like, quickly, the former Masters champion in front of a packed stand. No pressure then. <laughs> How did he respond? Well, terrifically well. You see, there are two types of golfer, really. There's, there's the technically minded, analytical uh, Nick Faldos who want to know everything about everything in their swing. Then you have the other type who don't want to know they just want to be put right. And that is Ian Woosnam. He shook his head. He said, Kim, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Tell me what to do. That's all he wanted. Tell him what to do. Don't <laughs> yeah, say why or give him too many details. And it's all about his alignment. You know, his, uh, the line along his feet was pointing to the right and his shoulders were pointing to the left. <laughs> Very wrong for a man who likes to draw the ball. Yeah. Without getting too technical. He was either pulling it left or he was slicing it, which is not his game. So I lined him up. I got him into a position where he felt comfortable and it felt normal again to him. And then he walked away happy and he, he scored better the next day. Um, but uh, that was a lovely thing. But big pressure. We'll give you some credit. Bill? Yeah, Kim, when the Ryder Cup was in Celtic Manor, I was very lucky to be able to go and watch some of the play there. And on the practice day, I was literally gobsmacked. Of all the sport I've enjoyed... It took me back the most when I watched Bubba Watson, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson driving off. I can't remember which hole it was, but it was uphill. And the sound of the, the, the ball being hit by the club was like a rifle crack. And that yeah. ball just soared away. And they do that. They're like metronomes in general. When you started out, how, how long did you have to practice to reach the level where you could be a pro golfer? Um. I used to try and get 500 balls a day in, hit 500 wow. balls every day, um, which is a, quite a lot. But when you're yeah. eight, just do it, don't you? You know, when you're 35, you feel it a bit. But uh, that was my my uh, initial goal to hit enough balls to so I can hit a ball without thinking how to hit it. And that's yeah. what golf should be about at the level. You shouldn't have to think about how you're hitting it. You just do it and you envisage the shot like we talked about in our previous uh, conversations. Yeah. Uh, so that's how much I had to practice, I felt, to get yeah. where I needed to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wasn't a great player on tour. I, play, I made a few last days. I made some cuts. Uh, didn't make enough money at it. But um, 
Yeah. Bill, uh, Bill, that's where we made the mistake. We only had 50 at the... <laughs> that's where you were going right. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, we're going to the free strop. That was enough. <laughs> Kim, thank you very much. We will leave it there because you're coming up with your show in just a few moments' time. Uh, good luck with the uh, next few weeks. We'll, we'll touch in again with you to find out how you're getting on and I'm sure people will be uh, supporting you because it's a great thing you're doing on the bike. Thank you for being with us this evening. Good luck, Kim. On thank you, Kim. Indeed. Thanks, no doubt guys. about it. That's a I great challenge. I value your support. Thank you. We, we are right behind you. Absolutely. All right, chaps. Well, the show has flown by. Uh, let's just quickly um, get a few very quick predictions before we hand over to Kim. Uh, Wales going to beat Italy at the weekend? Yeah, of course they beat Italy, yes. Yeah, no doubt whatsoever. Yeah. England going to beat France? We hope so. Uh, yeah, we hope so. <laughs> I'm cheering England. That would do us a favour, Ben, if England could do that. Having for West County going to win at ABBA? Yeah. Yes, I'm yes, confident they can so. do that. Excellent not, stuff. Not next Saturday, though. TNS no. will be tough, but we'll be right behind the Bluebirds. Yeah, indeed. Bill, Gordon and Fraser. Actually, let's hope that let's hope Bill, for Bill's sake, that Liverpool end this dismal run they're on as well. Who cares? It's what 